0: Hello, and welcome to Episode 17 of the Intentionally Well Podcast. I am your host, Vanessa Lopez. Today's show, I think, is the perfect part to, or I should say follow-up to my last episode, and here is why. I sat down with the lovely and intelligent Jessica Rose, who so eloquently delivers us all there is to know about graceful aging and holistic beauty. Jessica is a certified holistic nutritionist, a licensed cosmetologist, TV host, published writer, certified face yoga instructor, and a natural beauty expert. She spends the majority of her time teaching women the importance of reducing their toxic exposure in order to achieve optimal health and radiant beauty at any and every age. With her credentials as a certified nutritionist and cosmetologist, Jessica truly bridges the gap between health and beauty, teaching people how to create a healthier lifestyle that actually supports graceful aging. She passionately teaches women how to ditch the toxins in their daily routines and adopt healthier ways of eating alongside of learning how to implement more natural beauty techniques. She is regularly featured in the media for her dedication to raising awareness about toxins and how their influence is so important to understand both for our health and appearance. And she also regularly appears on TV as a host and presenter. She writes for magazines and is quoted in different publications regarding the importance of natural beauty and overall wellness. This episode is filled with information. And as you listen in, you'll also notice that I too learned a few new things even despite my experience in this industry. Jessica is just such a radiant and wonderful woman with such a beautiful and positive outlook on aging and aging gracefully. And she gives us a ton to think about when it comes to what real beauty actually entails. She is of the belief that caring for our appearance doesn't have to equal, quote unquote, vanity, that it's okay to care about our looks. But in today's crazy world, the itch for the quick fix is rarely ever helpful long-term. She gives us a lot of unique options to look into when it comes to our beauty and skin routines, and she also gives us her thoughts on other popular, not as aggressive treatments, or even products that people are really into these days. Jessica makes it a huge mission, though, to point out that we simply cannot skip the foundations of health, Because our outer appearance will almost always be dictated by the choices we make and the lifestyles that we lead. While she is a lover of balance, she also feels that it is of utmost importance to look at our day-to-day living because that is the biggest driver when it comes to how we age and that prevention and acceptance is a better approach than having to undo, fix, or manipulate our looks. So, with all of that said, I really hope that you enjoy this discussion as much as I did. I got a lot out of it, and there is definitely a lot of food for thought for you. So, without further ado, here is today's show. My friend Jessica Rose welcome to the show how are you
1: hi thank you for having me I'm great how are you I am
0: wonderful I am really excited I feel like we are friends we have become friends and I really 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 think that you of all people have so much to offer regarding this topic and what we're about to go into and there's no per more, there's no better timing for this show, because it's coming off the heels of another show that we just did on Botox. And I can't wait to discuss and sort of give our listeners just, you know, just some alternative options to beauty and graceful aging. So I'm really, really excited that you're here.
1: Oh, I'm really excited
0: to be here. Thank you so much. You're welcome. So before we get into it, I just, I kind of want you to tell us just a little bit about yourself. How did you become interested in this industry? I know it's pretty common these days to be interested in holistic beauty and people are looking for alternative options, but you really dove in deep. So what brought you here?
1: I started off, actually, as a child, I was really interested in natural beauty, and that was because I grew up with, uh, we were low income, we didn't have a lot of money, so I found myself just creating my own natural beauty creations at home, because there wasn't a lot of stuff that, you know, we could spend our money on at the store, like, who needs to spend extra money on beauty products, so I would go to herb stores with my dad on the weekends, and I just fell in love with buying little small quantities and experimenting with it, and... As the years grew, when I started working, I started buying my own beauty products, which were, of course, mainstream beauty products, and I had no idea they were full of harmful chemicals. And you know, as the years went on, I got into being a a licensed cosmetologist, and while I was doing that, I had no idea that I was applying all these harmful chemicals onto my clients. I was living a holistic lifestyle, eating organic food, but I just hadn't put the two and two together that what we put on our skin, our largest organ, is also harmful for our health. And once I realized that, I just had to take a step back and reevaluate my lifestyle and have a little chat with my boss and tell her that, you know, I just don't think that I can do this. My heart's not at it anymore, What knowing that I'm applying these chemicals to my clients and I'm breathing it in. Here's all this formaldehyde, releasing chemicals into the air. She tried to get me one day to stay after and do a client, which was a chemical hair straightener. And I just felt so strongly against it that I'm not going to harm my health just for a few hundred extra dollars is just not worth it to me. And that was the day that I actually walked out. And then I walked back in and said, you know what? I need to sit down with you and have a talk. And I just told her like, I can't do this anymore. And she's like, well, I'm finally glad you made it it to yourself because we can all tell you're not happy anymore. And so, yeah. And it, it was life changing. I went back to just working in customer service, saving up my money so I could pursue my ultimate dream, which is to be a holistic nutritionist. And when I was in school, I was actually shocked that they weren't providing any type of education about what you put on your largest organ can also be harmful for your health. So we're talking about food, diet, exercise, you know, creating meal plans for our clients, but there was no discussion of like, hey, what you're putting on your skin is. Harmful, and I just didn't see how I was going to be able to help my clients get better if they weren't also adapting to a holistic lifestyle, which was looking at the products they're using every single day. And so I really saw that there was a need, there was a gap in the market, this education needed to be out there. I was not on social media, so I had no idea what was out there. I was just going from the kindness of my heart of wanting to help people. And then once I started getting on social media, I saw that there was a community of like-minded people. We all kind of started connecting, gathering around, and then just opportunities started presenting itself. And I gathered some women and taught a women's wellness retreat, taught them how to make their own natural skincare. There was a yoga teacher. And from then, I've just been writing for publications and getting more opportunities to teach women holistic beauty. And it's kind of been full circle for me just from starting as a kid of doing this and then going through all the toxic years of using products and then coming back to what I originally was doing.
0: That's funny. It's funny how that, that it starts oftentimes so young right? I mean, you were, you definitely like, you got a taste of it at an early age. And I, I have a feeling that probably did have somewhat something to do with your dad too, because your dad has always been so invested in, isn't it like herbs and things like that. And he probably had some sort of an effect on you there.
1: Oh, yeah. Growing up, I didn't take any pharmaceuticals at all. I think maybe a handful of times in my whole life. And so I grew up with knowing what herbs to take, if I was feeling sick, or if I got sick. And so that influence has just been amazing changing yeah life changing
0: yeah yeah because it's so not the norm especially when we grew up I mean so not the norm you know you had a headache and you took the Advil or you took the Tylenol it wasn't like you were like you had a not everyone had some uh, an herbalist for as a parent or something like that so I'm yeah I'm sure it definitely it definitely helped you along
1: well what's funny is I think it really helped me from getting severely sick because contrast my lifestyle I grew up eating fast food, TV dinners, and bags of candy every day. I was sugar <laughs> addict. So here was making natural beauty applications and taking herbs, but I was eating fast food and TV dinners every day of my life. So I think it helped me to balance out and just kind of maintain and not get severely sick.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, no, for sure. And you're not alone in the whole fast food thing. I mean, I think we all did that. I know I did. I was he- I was a heavy fast food eater when I was a teenager, probably more than I'd like to admit. <laughs> so now people are really waking up I mean this is sort of what the show is all about people are sort of waking up right to the reality that what we put on our skin matters what we put in our bodies matter and this has not this is not just about food right this is about a lot of different things we definitely are seeing a lot of emphasis on changing our appearance we are seeing a lot of emphasis on quick fixes we are seeing a lot of emphasis on um basically the shortest route to look the youngest despite age right so i think from my stance i often feel like we are missing the foundations people jump to these details and they miss the things that really could make a difference right like what they're eating what kind of water they're drinking sun emf exposure community emotional experiences all these things these foundational Uh, aspects. And I know that you have a lot to say about this because people are trying to preserve themselves, but they're preserving themselves in terms of trying to fix themselves. So can you give us just a little bit, like, give us your thoughts on this?
1: Yes, I think so much of what we see in the media is just telling women that they need these products in order to look healthy, youthful, and we're marketed it with just an insane amount of products that are not actually good for our health. So I always take the approach that the foundation of beauty is to be healthy. It's not about a typical type of look like, oh, white side eyes or small nose or curvy features. It's about being healthy. Anyone can be beautiful with a kind heart and good health, I believe. So it really is about beauty from within. It exudes from the outside and just tuning out the noise of what they're trying to tell us that we need. And sadly, these days, you know, everyone's starting to look the same with the fake lips, fake the the small noses and everything. And I just beauty's in the eye of the beholder. But your face is trending. That's great. But at the end of the day, I think that beauty really comes from a place of self love and learning to take care of our health, our health, our wellness and looking good and feeling good go hand in hand. And there's nothing wrong with wanting to look good. But I think the basis should be feeling good because it shows up on our faces. When we look beautiful, when we feel good, we look beautiful. And I truly believe that if I had to choose one or the other, I'd rather feel good the rest of my life than to look good because looking good is superficial. I want to feel good for the rest of my life and to have energy, not to have people take care of me dependent on, on pharmaceuticals and crappy food. I want to you know, really just take care of myself with food. And that's my message with all women, like eat healthy, feel good, but you're also going to look better because healthy food is packed full of vitamins and nutrients that make your skin glow from the inside out.
0: Amen. Amen. And I, that really spoke to me when you said that you want to feel good if you had a choice and a lot of people know, I mean, I I've been through the gauntlet when it comes to my health and everything. And I can honestly sit here and say that there's nothing There's nothing more important than that. You know, you want to have a vitality about you. You want to be able to not just survive your life, but thrive. And so that is a very, very close message to my heart. So I appreciate you saying that. And also I loved that you said that just because you said something along the lines of just because you care about your, your looks, like doesn't. You didn't say the word vain, but it made me think of the word vain. Just because you care about your outer appearance doesn't necessarily mean that you're vain. It's just that like this is part of health as well. And there's nothing wrong with wanting to feel a certain kind of way from on the outside.
1: I agree. You know, beauty and brains can coexist. You know, you could be smart. You could be beautiful. And, you know, So let's say that we live to be 70 years to 100 years old. I don't want to spend the rest of my life feeling old and unattractive just because society told me that at a certain age, I am deemed unattractive because I'm older. No, I want to look good for every stage of my life because that helps me to feel better too. And, you know, it's not about trying to look like you're a teenager again. It's just about looking like the best version of yourself. And that's just all from healthy lifestyle practices and self-love and mental health practices as well.
0: Yeah. We're going to get into that mental health aspect in a bit. It's interesting too, because you said something earlier that I want to touch on, where you said everybody's starting to look the same, and you and I kind of talked about that a little bit off air. And you know, it's and, and I don't say this with any sort of judgmental uh, backbone here, but it is so true that I think the more that we see the manipulation of faces and the, a lot of these these fixes, like conventional fixes that people are going for, the more people really are tending to look alike and. I'm not sure about this. I want to say that Gretch from Never Talks also mentioned this, but it it seems like people are looking also older, despite the fact that they're getting these things done. What do you think about that?
1: I agree. The way I explain to my clients is that toxins can accelerate aging. So you're putting on these anti-aging creams that maybe give you a quick fix on the skin surface, but they're slowly poisoning your body. And when your body is unhealthy, what do you think is going to happen? It's not going to focus its attention on regenerating, repairing, making your skin and hair look beautiful. It's going to focus on keeping you safe and healthy. So you're actually taking away from your beauty source per se, because your body's focusing on keeping you alive. And so a toxic body is not going to lead to beauty and health in my eyes. So yeah
0: really well said and so yeah we're you're talking about even something like just a, a a cream say that someone uses for years and years and years and then you think about something like lip fillers or botox or something more invasive and then your body's really potentially going into like a protective mode you know if that is not necessarily agreeing with the system which we're coming to find out is the case with like millions of people so yeah it's and i know there's degrees of toxicity here but the reality is is that it seems like these toxins really do accelerate the aging process over time
1: right and they say that a lot of people like to say the dose makes the poison well i believe it is your toxic load that makes the poison it's the exposure so maybe you injected your face with a small amount of botox you're using you know a wide variety of products that have chemicals in them you're eating foods with chemicals. Maybe they're not going to harm you in the shorthand, but long-term, they will accumulate in your body. And that Absolutely. chronic exposure,
0: yeah. Absolutely. It's also why so many people that have had a back history of something like autoimmune conditions and things like that, you know, quote unquote, you know, we can go into whatever you want to call it. And then they have these severe reactions. Well, they're already, they've already got this thing. And then when they then throw this toxic load on top of that thing, their body just, says, uh uh-uh, and it's not that the body breaks down, it's just that the body is going, no, hold on. And it goes into, like you said, like this protective, I gotta keep you alive mode.
1: Right. And you and I discussed it off air. It's all about your, your, your toxic load is just the frequency that you're exposed to every single day and the ingredients that you're using. It's when your glass gets full, you know, we talked about that. There's no such thing as living a non-toxic lifestyle. It's absolutely impossible. The air you're breathing when you're in your car is from the exhaust from the car in front of you. It's just about keeping either your frequency, your exposure to a certain ingredients to a minimum, but Don't remove the things that you love. Like if you like getting your nails done, maybe it's not the healthiest, but it's not going to go and overflow your cup and then set in autoimmune conditions if you're living an 80% healthy lifestyle.
0: Right. If you're mitigating and you're doing things to sort of balance these occasional things out, if you're eating well, if you're drinking decent water, if you're getting decent sleep, if you're taking the proper supplements for your body, mitigation is key, I think, in today's society too, because we're not living in 1935 here. We're living in a very, very toxic world from all angles, right? From all angles. And so mitigation and just like looking at your overall lifestyle and that bucket, like you said, it's like the cup, the more, the fuller it is, the harder time you're going to have. Bottom line.
1: Absolutely. Just keeping it to a minimum is the key. It's not about perfection because it doesn't exist and that's toxic in itself. It'll stress you out. No one can be perfect in any aspect of living
0: exactly i love that i love that and we did touch on that we did touch on that uh, a couple of days ago cuz we we both got our nails done <laughs> and we were talking yep, we were talking about it so you know you pick and choose you pick and choose and obviously there are things that are a little bit more drastic than others but you have to you have to do things that make you feel feel good but you also have to have informed knowledge and informed consent as well as to what you're doing and what the possibilities are and i'm not necessarily talking nails although that could be that could be you know hazardous if you're in a nail salon five or six days a week and you're you're in your intake of these chemicals and stuff like that is is very present in your life it's more about informed consent and knowing the information before making choices i think that's like that's really for me the overarching thing is that people just don't know they don't know what, what what's they don't know the back like the backstory about a lot of these things that we're doing in our lives and to our bodies.
1: I agree with you. Just like in your previous podcast about Botox, I I believe that women should do what it is that makes them happy. If that's your choice, then that's your choice. But also, like you said, informed consent is important. So it does come with a black box warning. Are women given the black box warning label are they reading the ingredients are they getting the informed are con- do they have informed consent do they know what they're injecting into their face in the long term aspects not the short term or something as far as like some of my clients get the flu vaccine and i've asked them i said you know what this is your choice i am never here to shame anyone i'm never here to tell anyone that they should not do something if you believe that it's good for you i can only speak like my opinion my experience but i believe in informed consent and when I, i've asked My clients, do they know what is in the flu vaccine? None of them can tell me. When I show them, they're actually shocked. Yep. And and then it's up to them. I am just someone who's a teacher. I believe in myself as a teacher above anything. And I just love spreading the word of wellness. I am not here to hold your hand and force you to do anything. I just speak the truth. And then you can do what you want with your lifestyle. And that's all that, that, that's my mission in life is just spreading the word of wellness and people can go off and do what they choose to do with it, take it or leave it.
0: Love it. I love it. Wonderfully said. And that is it, right? You can plant seeds. But the problem is, and I feel like I say this on so many shows is that people don't know, they don't know the information, you know, and this is a, a, this is a big discussion. I mean, because a lot of the information is purposely dimmed. And we know why. But yeah, it's funny, I just saw not to say not to tangent too much, but I just saw a post recently about this, like, uh, it was a post about, you mentioned the flu vaccine. So it was a a post about uh, child vaccines. And and it said something along the lines of, if the doctor said, okay, I'm about to inject, and then it's had a list of seven or eight different things that were in the vaccine, instead of the title of the vaccine, right? Would parents still say yes? And it's like, The parents don't even know what's in the vaccine. And I guarantee you the parents would have a second thought if the doctor was saying, okay, I'm about to inject this, 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 this this," into your, your child, you know, I mean, people just don't know. And like you said, people can make their own choices, but people don't know all angles. And so that's, I think what gets me as well is just trying to just really nail that home as much as possible, no matter the subject, no matter the subject matter, because it's important.
1: I agree. You know, when I take my clients to the grocery store, I'm very aware that none of them ever turn over the label. They just say, oh, this is a good brand. This is what I see in the grocery store. And I used to be that person. So I completely understand. And then when I go and I teach them about the ingredients and the foods, like you got to know what you're putting in your body. That's the only way that you have control over your health. And ultimately your appearance is reading those ingredient labels, food product labels, beauty product labels, like literally everything you come in contact with, you should be informed. You know, it's yep. the only way to protect your health and beauty.
0: It is, it is. And we have to take the initiative. We have to take the initiative. And I, I realize that that's hard and not everybody has the resources and there's different age brackets here. And I understand, but at the end of the day, it really does boil down to self-responsibility. And the more we outsource and the more we depend on others to tell us what to do, the more of a sticky situation I believe we're in.
1: I agree. And it, and it definitely comes down to your resources as well. Like I said, I grew up low income and there's, you know, growing up with the food system, lunches, these things weren't available to us. And Sometimes healthy food is more expensive or taking the time out of your daily life to go and research all these things. Isn't something that you can really do. So it's just doing the best that you can. Not everybody can afford organic and the best supplements, but, you know, just slowly trying to make changes and buy a little bit of organic food or focus on just eating less processed food, but it's working within your budget and trying to create a healthy lifestyle that works for you.
0: Totally. Yep. You do what you can in the season that you're in, you know, you don't have to be perfect. It's not about that. But knowledge really is power. And then and then once you have that knowledge, just being able to do what's right for you and your family or what you can do, like I said, with what you can in the season that you're in in your life. So with that said, I feel like this is like the meat, the fun, the fun part of this. Not that Not that this isn't fun, but I feel like this is gonna be the really fun part about it, which is talking about a few of your favorite alternatives. Because, you know, like I said, coming off the heels of the Botox show, People want to know what other things they can do, you know, because it is, it's one thing to talk about what not to do, but a lot of people want to know what to do instead or what their options are. So, and things that actually really can move the needle, right? Cause it's like, no one wants to hear, you know, about stuff that's like, doesn't really make a dent, but things that we can really implement in our daily or our weekly, or even our monthly routines that can really move the needle in our life when it comes to graceful aging. So I know you have a lot to say about this. So why don't we get into it and we'll go one by one.
1: Sure. Well, one of my favorite graceful aging practices is face yoga. I got certified last year to become a face yoga teacher. And the way I explain to my clients is that we exercise our faces, or sorry, we exercise our bodies. Why not our faces? You know, the face, ears, tongue, note. we have 57 muscles in our face. And when sure we use them when we're speaking, but you can actually Exercise them in ways that keeps them strong, taut, keeps elasticity there, helps to build collagen. And it's a natural practice that can help you to look radiant, but it also supports your health and even your mental health because, you know, a lot of people they get puffiness, congestion in their face and their neck where their lymph nodes are. And it's all about moving your lymph to support your health. And when you do that, your skin's going to look so much more radiant. So it's a, a mix of facial massage, facial exercises, and acupuncture. And then at the end, it's a self-care aspect where you just do a little bit of affirmations. And it's just a whole holistic practice that really encourages natural beauty and can actually make you look more radiant, youthful, keep your skin healthy so you don't really have to go towards alternatives like Botox and fillers and things like that.
0: I love that. So are there things to help? I mean, how do we learn about this stuff? Like where would we go to sort of like teach ourselves about face yoga I mean are there tutorials or how would how would one go about learning about it
1: so there's tutorials online I got certified through Danielle Collins she's the world's leading expert in face yoga and she has YouTube videos and she's on Instagram she's amazing I love her And you can find little quick bits and little videos on how to do it to learn the full practice, which I got certified because I just wanted to know for myself. I said, you know, I don't (laughs) want to just have these little pieces. I want to know the real routine. And then I was like, okay, I love this. I'm going to start teaching people. So you can get with a certified teacher and learn the practice from start to finish and then implement it into your daily routine. And You know, it does take a little bit of time, but some of the exercises you can do because they're hands-free while you're driving, you look crazy, but (laughs) you know, you look silly. Like I laugh every time I do it. Some of the exercises are just hilarious. Yeah. You look in the mirror, you look ridiculous, but... It's fun. I actually was just on TV and they asked me to do one of the exercises on TV. And I'm like, are you really going to do this to me? It's so embarrassing to you know, be on TV and doing this crazy thing with your face. But you know what? If it helps someone, then I'm all for it.
0: Absolutely. No, that's really funny. That's really funny. I could just like see myself pulling up to it. A- <laughs> to a light and seeing somebody do face whatever I mean I've never seen it so I'm this is very foreign to me yeah oh my gosh that is you guys she actually is doing something on the screen right now I know you guys can't see it but she's doing it and yeah I'd be a little scared I would I'd be a little scared that's funny it's it's awesome though that you said that we we exercise our bodies but we don't necessarily exercise our face and that is so true it's like we do talk but we don't really think about all of the other muscles and like that those have to be worked out also to look and then feel i guess our best and you're right we hold so much tension i know i do so much tension in our face so much water retention and lymph and all of that that's actually that's something that i deal with and so It's just I'll have to check it out because I think it's really cool. And I honestly have never I've never even looked into it.
1: Yeah, it's relaxing. I find that I feel so good after every time that I do it. So I, I highly recommend it. It's a great way. And you'll notice a difference within, you know, a couple of weeks, but to see the res- real results is something you have to do at least six days a week. And, you know, by six months, you take photos of yourself every week and you're, you'll definitely see a difference. Your face will be more uplifted and it actually supports your eye health too, keeping your eyes strong and healthy. And yeah, yeah, I just, I can't speak more great things about it. I love it.
0: It's so cool. I'm going to have to check it out. I'm going to have to check it out. So, okay. How is this different than something like gua sha? Or I know there's you, people say it different ways or like the roll, like the face roller, like the jade roller or the quartz roller. How is it different?
1: So the gua sha is, it's what with the stone. So you can choose a stone to your liking, usually amethyst, jade, And you are, it's more of like a facial scraping tool. So you're lifting and contouring the face by slowly lifting it with the tool. And that just helps to move the lymphatic system. So it's similar, but I would say that the facial yoga is more advanced because you're actually doing exercises for your face and moving them in certain motions that are helping to strengthen the muscle where you're not really doing that with the guasa. And then the jade roller, I would say, is a step down from the guasa. It's something that if you have a little bit less time, it can just smooth out facial lines, help with, you know, increasing circulation, but it's not as good as the guasa. So I say top would be facial yoga, then guasa, and then the jade roller or the gemstone roller.
0: Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. No, that's, it's interesting to sort of be able to different differentiate because I know that people get confused and I do guacha, but I, and sometimes I roll my face with an ice roller because it just feels so good and it takes away some of that inflammation. And then in terms of like the body, now you're a fan of dry brushing, right?
1: Yes, I do it every single morning just because it gives me a lot of energy. And I notice that my mood is a lot better, but it also keeps my skin really nice. I mean, you're essentially exfoliating your skin every single morning and helping to move that lymph in your system, which helps with detoxification and just keeping you healthy. And it supports your immune system, of course, too.
0: Yeah. And it's important to know how to do this appropriately because I know that there's a lot of different, well, there's a lot of tutorials on dry brushing, but there's also a, a, a wrong way and a right way to do it.
1: Uh, Yeah, same with the guasa. I see a lot of people doing it online really quickly and holding it at the wrong angle. So there is a right and wrong way to do everything. And you can actually cause damage by doing some things the wrong way. So it's important to watch. I I would say with the guasa, there's a a lot of tutorials from actual Chinese practitioners. Mm. And those are the people that I suggest because that's what they've been taught and that's what they do for a living. So I'd watch them. And then with the dry body brushing, same thing. There's diagrams, videos online from a lot of different practitioners who could show you the proper way to do it. And it's all about supporting your health, but the result is also supporting your beauty.
0: Yeah, definitely. And again, I know that we're kind of hyper-focusing on our face, but with the dry brushing, I mean, we the health of our skin on our body is also equally as important and our this the body, the body, the skin on the body can really, really look different when you start to care for it differently. I mean, it's crazy. And I know this just firsthand. And I also know what, what, unfortunately, when I slack on this stuff, it's kind of crazy to see the difference in just the way that my body, the, the skin on my body looks and feels.
1: A hundred percent. It just looks so much more radiant when you're taking good care of it. And yeah, it's, it's all big, one large, large organ. Why stop at the face? Do the neck. Even with my facial mask, I put my face mask on my neck and my decollete because, you know, that's important too. So many times we just apply skincare to our face, but it's like, apply it to your neck, apply it to your decollete, moisturize your body
0: it's a very good point for those who might be new or have never heard me say this before i'm actually a licensed esthetician i'm not cosmetologist like jessica but i would always tell my clients that when i was practicing don't stop at the chin you have to go down the neck and the decollete because that also is a very exposed area when we're talking about sun and stuff like that and it often shows the first signs of aging not that aging is necessarily bad but it definitely needs care just like the face needs care
1: I agree. And you know, in nutrition school, it was kind of looked at as, oh, you're caring about your skin, that doesn't go along with wellness. But I like to point out to people that your skin's the body's largest organ, and it's there to protect you. And it's also involved in immune surveillance, what you're putting on your skin is actually getting filtered. People don't believe that we, our skin has a filtration system, but it does. It's called Langerhans cells. And it's like these tentacles, kind of like an octopus that scan for foreign matter. So everything you're putting on your skin is being scanned and then discarded or not, depending on if it's healthy. And so our skin is there for immune surveillance, for protection. So protecting your skin, maintaining your skin also supports your health. And I really think that the there needs to be a conversation like health and beauty are one and the same you take care of your skin you're also taking care of your health and the bonus is that you look good in the process
0: oh, super well said absolutely okay so there's this other practice that i you and i are laughing off air because i couldn't pronounce it to save my life but it's called Abanyanga. is that how you say it yes Okay. So what is this and how can it help us with our beauty routines? Because I'm super, I'm super invested in this because it sounds so cool.
1: Yes. So it's an ancient Ayurvedic practice and it literally means massage with warm oil. And so you just heat up one of your favorite oils uh, and then you start at the crown of your head and you massage it into your scalp and then you move to your ears and just all the way down through your entire body you're giving yourself it it literally feels like a big warm hug because you're massaging yourself you're focusing on any areas of tension you're helping to move your lymphatic system and you just feel so good and once you're done massaging your entire body you stop at the feet and you massage your feet which is so good for your health you get into the shower And you don't rinse off the water. You allow the water to heat up the oils on your skin, which helps them to absorb. And once you get out, your skin is so moisturized. You don't need to add any other moisturizers or oils after. And you just feel so soft and beautiful. And I just, I absolutely love it. It's just so relaxing. You can go to Ayurvedic practitioner to get it done. You can, or you can do it yourself. And I prefer to do it myself because it's just so nice to be able to massage yourself.
0: So yeah, I'm assuming there's tutorials on this online.
1: Oh yes, definitely.
0: It sounds heavenly. That sounds, that's what, when you were telling me about it, I thought to myself, I need to look into this. (laughs) Because this just sounds like a beautiful practice.
1: Yeah, definitely based in the Ayurvedic practice, there's different, what they call dojas, what are your body constitution. Some people benefit more from doing abhanyanga. I'm someone who technically should be doing more of the abhanyanga, I'm a Vata compared to someone who maybe, need something more cooling they can do more of the dry body brushing i'm someone who naturally needs more warming soothing things opposed to something dry and scratchy but i tend to go for the dry body brush because it's easier than you know slathering your body in oil every morning i don't have that kind of time
0: right right it might be something real luxurious to do every once in a while yeah i feel like the the theme of this too is that because we're talking now we're getting into the body just a little bit is that stagnant lymph and in all of that, and just in general, like, like to be able to move the, everything through the body really does impact how we age. And also just because we're working on the body doesn't mean that doesn't affect the face because it does.
1: Absolutely, your lymphatic system is so important for your overall health, your immune health, but also the way that you look. There's a practice with the face yoga where you're tapping your face the entire time, and then I really focus on the neck, but I also bring it down into the chest and I put also put my hands into a fist and I do like heavier tapping all over my chest in my neck area, and that really helps to releasing type of congestion. And it's really great for supporting graceful aging. You'll just look so much better when you focus on your lymphatic system and just supporting it in a natural way.
0: Yeah. And I'll say just on a personal note, and again, some people know this, some people don't know this, but that's been something that's been a huge challenge for me because of the lack of mobility that I've had the last couple of years. I've seen such a stagnant, a stagnancy about my lymphatic system. And I've seen my skin change, especially on my legs. I've seen my face change and so I've had to work extra hard at this and you know I go through phases. I mean you and I were talking about this it's like I go through phases where I'm all in, you know and I'm doing the practice and I'm doing it and then all of a sudden I'm like, oh I'm just tired, you know and I stop doing it for a month or two or whatever. but it really is so important to think about how all of these things from under the skin are helping to reflect, beauty on the outside, I guess, if, I, if that made sense, you know, and, and not just beauty, but also feeling good. So again, it's like we tend to focus like, oh, okay, what are we just doing to our face to make our face look good? But really, like, we have to kind of look at the total body. And again, lymph is just, oh, I know it is just, I know more than I want to know about how important it is.
1: Yes, it like you said, it's so important for your health and your beauty. And you know, there's daily practices that everyone should be doing because it really does support your health and beauty in just a amazing way.
0: Yeah, yeah. So now this is a subject that I love. You have something to say about minerals and the importance of minerals when it comes to graceful aging. So how can this really impact our skin?
1: So minerals are just essential for supporting your beauty from the inside out. Some of them act as cofactors to help other things to absorb better, to be efficiently used, to protect your cells. And a lot of people are deficient in minerals, especially magnesium. And that's due to you know our soil being deficient in magnesium. So a lot of the foods are deficient in magnesium and minerals are the one thing that i supplement with i used to be someone who worked in supplement stores giving nutrition guidance and i took handfuls of supplements every day and now you know i've kind of transitioned away from it but i will still always focus on taking my minerals almost every single day because they're just so important for your health but so important for your beauty too. If you're deficient in minerals, it actually can accelerate aging. It can damage cells and it can really take a toll on your appearance. So just getting healthy minerals every day, I believe is essential for, you know, graceful aging.
0: It's so true. It's so true. And I studied this as you know, and just when we're talking about magnesium alone, let's just look at the last couple of years. Okay. Magnesium is the first, one of the first minerals to deplete when we're under stress. Okay. So now we have, normal stresses that we all go through every day and then compounded with just the last couple of years of what's been going on in our, in our lives. I can almost bet that 95% of the people walking around today are deficient in magnesium. That's not, not not to say to go out and buy a bunch of magnesium, because this is a little bit more complicated, you know, it's not just about over supplementing here and we're going to, we're going to get into this in a, in a, in a further, uh, in a show to come but magnesium is essential along with other minerals like zinc and copper and and there's there's a, a slew of them but chances are if you're a person that's breathing you're probably deficient in magnesium
1: <laughs> i agree it's just essential i find most people do not get enough of it in their diet at all so the one supplement i take is magnesium bicarbonate which has leaves silica as well it has potassium it has sodium and no, I don't think it has selenium, but you know, it has some of the cofactors that all work together to really just help you increase it. And I actually have a family member who is always really dehydrated, but she drinks a lot of water. And I try to tell people water is essential for your skin and hair and nails to look good, but it also can't be dead water. It, it needs exactly. the minerals in there. So I got her on this magnesium bicarbonate. She adds it to her water. She's gone from drinking 12 huge bottles of water a day to five. And I told her that's because your body is now absorbing the water, which is exactly,
0: exactly. And you actually find yourself, the more hydrated you are, you find yourself actually having to run to the bathroom less as well. People think, Oh, well, I'm going to be in the bathroom all day. No, you're actually not. But it's funny. I, and I've done a post on this before, but people go crazy with the water drinking, right? And they think, well, I'm I'm hydrated because my pee is clear. That's not necessarily true. Also, you're probably flushing out whatever electrolytes you have left in you if you're drinking 16 gallons of water and there's no minerals added back in. So it's a very good point. Very good point.
1: Yeah. And it definitely makes your skin just look so much better when you are taking minerals with your water or you're adding things like lime or, you know, different electrolytes, vegetables and fruits have water content. So it's not just dead water. Your skin plumps up, your cells are nourished, your hair grows, everything's better with a really quality water source.
0: Yeah, absolutely. You kind of when you're lacking in hydration like cellular hydration you tend to almost over time too that creepiness sort of comes through i notice that a lot on my body when i don't drink enough water not quite as much on my face but that's probably because i'm paying if i'm honest it's probably because i'm paying more attention to moisturizing my face than i am my body all the time but uh that creepiness comes through quick if i'm not getting my hydration in
1: it does same with me
0: yeah yeah so this is Something that I personally want to hear you talk about because I love hair and I feel like the subject of hair, although I can't do hair to save my life. That's why I didn't go to cosmetology school, like I told you, but I love talking about ways that we can care for our hair in a more of a natural way because there's just something about caring for your hair and having beautiful hair that's i don't know it's really special hair, and i know hair means a lot to people not losing hair means a lot to people and i feel like you have some good stuff to say about this so holistic hair techniques
1: sure so one that may seem a little woo-woo for some people but it's something that i've been doing for 10 years now is cutting your hair with the cycles of the moon. So every equinox or every solstice, when this moon is really powerful, that's when I'll cut my hair. So we're coming up on the spring equinox, which I have a haircut cut appointment already locked in. And, you know, it's just a small trim, but I really believe in it because, you know, people start to act wacky when, you know, the full moon's out or whatever. There's a reason it's a powerful energy and farmers will harvest their crops or plant their crops when there is a full moon or certain cycles, just because, you know, there, I believe in energy. And so that energy can be really strong. And I believe that, you know, just trimming your hair a little bit helps to send it to your root chakra and really just create like a powerful energy source to regenerate and to support your hair to kind of grow a little bit. So that's one may seem a little woo woo, but I say do your research. There's not a lot of research out there, but just look at the different changes in the moon and how they can affect your mood but also your hair and try cutting your hair it's not going to hurt you why not just book an appointment when there's a full moon out or when there's an equinox or solstice
0: wow i never i never even knew this was a thing wait when is this coming up because i have a haircut appointment next week
1: uh, march 20th is the spring
0: oh you know, okay okay well close close i'm like you know i'm around there that's so interesting i did not know this
1: yeah it- I, I love it. I got into about 10 years ago. I think there was someone online called the Hair Shaman. He has some natural products I don't use, but <laughs> look up the Hair Shaman. He has a whole chart.
0: <laughs> interesting. Very interesting. Hey, you never know. You never know. So is there anything else that you really like to do in terms of, of hair? Yes.
1: Yeah, so another one I would like to speak to is hair porosity. So everybody focuses more on their hair type, you know, thin thick hair, curly hair, different types of like your ABC, their types of hair. So they buy products for that, but more of a focus, I believe is your hair porosity and your hair porosity is your hair's ability to for moisture to penetrate it. So some people have low there's mid and there's high depending on the health of your hair. So your hair has what are called shingles or well they're not they're it's a cuticle that looks like a shingle like on a roof and when it is open moisture can penetrate into the hair but when you have more of a closed cuticle like I do it is extremely hard for products certain ingredients to penetrate your hair shaft to moisturize your hair opposed to when you have high porosity hair it's like a sponge moisture goes straight in because the cuticles there but it also goes right out because the cuticles not closed to to lock in that moisture. So it's about finding out your hair porosity and then working with different practices, holistic beauty practices to find the right ingredients, but also just different techniques. So if that's using hotter water in the shower, we've all been told don't use hot water in the shower on our hair. But for someone like me, I need to use warmer water to get my cuticle of my hair to actually raise open so I can get the products in there. And then most people would towel dry their hair a bit to apply a conditioner or mask or a serum afterwards. I personally need to apply it when my hair is wet because that water, the cuticle is still open. So the water helps the products to penetrate into my hair. Or I will use a heated hair mask. It's a cap. And then you put that on your head and it helps the products to penetrate into the hair shaft deeper than they would and to keep the cuticle open. So it's a long process. I've written about it in a book that I wrote that. I, and so I can get more into that at another time, but yeah. I believe in hair porosity. Everybody should look it up. It's something that's not really not discussed enough.
0: Wow. This is, yeah, again, this is something that I really had no idea about. And I love that you brought up that, that the whole hot water thing or warm to hot water. Cause that is something that we hear all the time. Like make sure that you're washing your hair in lukewarm or cold water, make sure you're rinsing with, which I understand you want to close, a lot of times people want to close the the cuticles at the end, all of that. Like that's like but I, I feel like I've heard that from every stylist I've ever seen. Is that make sure that you're not using really warm water. And so this is something total this is just, yeah, this is new information for me.
1: So yeah, if your hair is like mine with low porosity, I used to always use a cold rinse at the end. But what happens is then you are sealing your cuticle and any products that you try to put on your hair afterwards cannot penetrate your hair. So you're not actually, it sits on your hair and it weighs it down. I have finer hair, which means I have a lot of it. It's just on the finer side, So... I actually need to, when my hair is still hot and I'm in the shower, that's when I apply my products, like my leave-in treatments. I apply it while my hair is still there with the steam, the water's on, and I'll even put on like a little shower cap after so then the products can penetrate. I don't use cold water. Someone who had high porosity hair 100% should be using cold water to rinse it, to close that cuticle because it's too wide open.
0: Wow. Wow. Yeah. No, this is great. This is really good food for thought. I really had no idea. I really, this is brand new to me. So that's awesome. That is awesome. Anything else about hair before we move on to the next or the final?
1: I would say it's it, it touches still on the hair porosity is finding out what ingredients work for your hair. So that would be determined by your hair porosity. But, you know, in the natural beauty world, everyone uses coconut oil in their hair, which I did for the first couple of years. And I always wondered, you know, my hair looks shiny, but it got drier and drier over the time. Come to realize it's because coconut oil is too heavy of a molecule that cannot penetrate a low porosity hair. And so it was actually pulling moisture from my hair and drying my hair out. So it's about finding oils or treatments or ingredients in your hair care products that work for your hair porosity.
0: Very, very good point. I don't really use coconut oil. I find that other oils work better for my hair personally. And this also goes for skin too, because you know, some people can use it on their skin and they feel great. Other people, they cannot use it on their skin. And so I have to feel like there's a connection there.
1: Oh yeah, definitely. It can be pore clogging for a lot of people. I personally don't use it on my face at all, but a lot of people can.
0: Yeah. 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 I know. But I know, I mean, I, yeah, I'm not one to, again, I could use on my body. I could use it on my body, but my face, no, it doesn't love it. It doesn't love it. So is there, is there any other, any other techniques, any other treatments, anything else that you are, you know, kind of off the top of your head that you want to share with us before we sort of move on to, to the next part, which is talking about your opinions on other options and treatments. But yeah, is there anything else that you want to want to chat about before we move forward?
1: I would say when it comes to the hair is... Don't underestimate the power of massaging your scalp. And it's not just gently massaging it. You wanna use the most firm pressure possible and you wanna actually move very slowly. So you're moving your scalp. When you're moving your scalp, you're stimulating your hair follicles, which will then encourage hair growth. And if you wanna add in something like Your favorite hair oil that works for your hair porosity along with say peppermint oil helps to increase the blood flow to your scalp. I like to hang off the side of my bed or couch. So then the blood rushes to your scalp and it will literally make your hair grow so much faster. I suggest getting a tape measurer, measuring your hair, jotting it down every single month and just tracking your process. I did that when I was growing out my hair. I used to color my hair for geez, 10 years, I used bleach on my hair. And when I stopped, my hair was wrecked. I mean, completely damaged. So I started going through a hair journey and that's when I was keeping a hair journal and measuring it every month. And I noticed a significant difference when I started massaging it with oils and focusing on the firm pressure and just tracking it.
0: You just brought something up for me. I recently brought, or excuse me, brought, I bought a Gua Sha comb for my scalp. I thought that was so cool. I, you know, I didn't even know they existed until, you know, I follow a company, uh, that, that has it for sale because that's where my other tools from. And I thought, wow, and, and the comb is significantly bigger and it's thicker, right? It's made differently. But, and I, I'll be honest with you, I haven't done it a ton probably just because I don't make the time. But it's so cool. And it's very, very true because we can, I feel like there's a lot more, you can put a lot more pressure on your scalp also versus your face, but it makes a difference in terms of uh, circulation.
1: Absolutely. You want that circulation in your scalp. That's perfectly said. Yes.
0: Yeah. 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 It's just funny when you were talking about it. I was like, Oh my gosh, I have that comb upstairs. I mean, it's in the box. I've used it a few times, but it's, it's like on my counter in the box. So this is, this is obviously a sign I need to take it out of the box. <laughs> hey, if okay. you're
1: not using it, give it to me. I'll I was use it. say,
0: I'll, Yeah. You want me to send it to you? <laughs> you can try it out. So this, I think is, this is something I think we should go through because a lot of people, I think have questions about uh, treatments or options, beauty options or beauty treatments that are not as aggressive, but still like they're, they're sort of like teetering that line a little bit, not necessarily all of them. We can go through, you know, some different variations, but I would love your, your thoughts and feelings about some of these more popular modalities that, that people visit when it comes to, to, uh, beauty. So what are your thoughts on microneedling?
1: I believe that it can help if you're someone who suffers from say like acne scarring, not current, acne that's active but acne starting from the past what it does is creates kind of I wouldn't say damage to your skin but it punctures little teeny holes in your face and then it can kind of create a signal to your body that it needs to go and focus on that extra attention on that area and it helps it to regenerate and produce more collagen so I think it's definitely something that can be beneficial if you learn how to do it properly and you keep everything extremely sanitary
0: that's yeah that's a good point yeah sanitary is important you want to go to somebody who's super credible. For sure Uh,
1: i mean i i I thought we were talking about people who do it at home i see a lot of not oh
0: oh oh really Mm -hmm. oh my gosh i've never heard of anybody doing microneedling at home for some reason
1: oh yeah yeah i mean i didn't even think about it yeah sure estheticians do it but yeah a lot of people do it at home themselves yeah
0: i guess so yeah i guess you're right i mean i just i never have i mean it's just interesting i always think of it as a treatment and less about like a home care Really right. interesting, really interesting. And then you said that there's something else out there that I didn't really know about, but I am curious to hear your thoughts about it. It's called microfusion. Tell me about this.
1: Yes, so I'm going to read from my notes just because I it's new to me as well I was doing research for a TV episode. So, microfusion Is a cocktail of treatments involves a tiny micro channeling device to inject a special elixir of strategically blended skin enhancing ingredients into the superficial layer of the skin. And it usually contains ingredients such as blending in vitamins, Botox, filler products, vitamin C, glutathione, and a smaller molecular hyaluronic filler. And it's recommended for people who aren't quite cry- ready for Botox or filler injections, but they want to dip their toes into that world. And it's about $650. Well, I'm sure you can already guess my opinion on that. <laughs> you know, everyone should do what they think is good for them. And I hope by, you know, bringing attention to this new beauty treatment, it doesn't get people wanting to go out there and run and do it. Right, you know, but right. I think that it's important to know about everything. And I personally... Think that with all these new treatments out there, there's not enough uh, research done, and they're always looking for new ways to, you know, get women to spend money on looking good. But I'm not in the camp of injecting Botox and ingredients into your face. I personally don't even believe in going to places to get injected vitamins. You know, I just believe that your body can't store all those. And so I, I don't even think that's healthy. So injecting, you know, random ingredients into your face, I don't think is ever healthy, I'm sure you would probably look good the short term, but long-term, what is it doing to your health? And like we discussed earlier, that can accelerate aging when you have a buildup of toxins. And I believe that Botox is a toxin. So injecting it into your face is going to cause you to look less attractive later on in life.
0: Yeah. And also I know there was like a list of, aside from the Botox, that would be like an automatic uh, pass for me, but just like with the vitamin C and the glutathione and all that, like also just take the vitamin C, for example, like the derivative, like how is it, you know, like what kind, what, what's going on there, you know? Cause there's different, there's different, um, there's a lot of synthetics, a lot, most of the stuff is synthetic. I would, I would guess. And so, you know, is it really doing anything? I don't know. I don't know enough about it to make a statement. I'm just, I'm just talking off the top of my head here.
1: Same with me. It's a new beauty treatment. To me.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Face taping. What do you think about that?
1: One that I have never tried, but have done enough research on it where, you know, this has been used by movie stars and, you know, for a very long time, you can do it, wear it underneath makeup to give your face a more lifted look, or you can do it while you're sleeping. It's supposed to help to stimulate your skin a bit. And I think if it's based on the alternatives, why not? You're putting tape on your face. And I know there's a whole pro aging kind of community that's against these type of things because they see it as anti aging. Why should women mask their face up, tape their face? And so it's seen as a negative, but you know, I think everyone should do what makes them happy. I'm not against putting tape on my face to make my face look more lifted. You know, I, I never say never Except for things like Botox, yeah. but you know, as long as it's a non-invasive, healthy practice, who knows where I'll be in ten years, twenty years from now? Maybe I will want to put some tape on my face to make my face look more lifted for a party. Why not? It's just tape, you know. You're not yeah. harming yeah. yourself. You're not harming your health.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, and I've seen those. I'm sure you know what I'm about to say. I've seen those frownies. Is that what they're called? Frownies. Yeah. yeah. Like is that that's somewhat of the same thing, but not right.
1: Um, I believe it's the same thing. There's more uh, advanced tapes out there. I believe they kind of just like pull the sides of your face, but I've seen a lot of it on Instagram, but it's not something that I've ever met anyone who's done it.
0: Yeah. I've never tried it as well. Never tried it as well. What about things like retin-A, retinol?
1: I personally don't use them. I love the way that women's skin looks when they use them. I just think (laughs) the skin is beautiful, but you know, it's one of those things where I always go towards, is this healthy? And I'm not going to sacrifice, potentially sacrifice my health in the name of beauty. So with retinol, retin-A, you have the potential to have an overdose on vitamin A. That is a potential. That's why you're not allowed to use it or you should not use it when you are pregnant. And they also can make you photosensitive. So you can't wear it during the day. So if you were to keep it on your skin, not wash your face, you go out in the sun, you are increasing your likelihood of cancer, skin cancer. So it's not something that I personally use, but there are natural alternatives, something called bakuchiol, which is a plant derived ingredient that mimics the results of retinol, but without the side effects, it's not a synthetically created, um, vitamin A source. So it's not going to increase your likelihood of vitamin A overdose. And it actually, you can wear it in the sun. It actually protects your skin from the sun. So you can wear it day and night and you can get similar benefits.
0: Interesting. Interesting. And it's, how do you, how do you pronounce it? Bakuchiol. 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 Okay. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> that's an interesting word, but yeah, well, I'll have to look I've been into that. In a
1: lot of skincare these days. A lot of skincare.
0: I feel like I've seen it before. It rings a slight bell, but I've never used it. Yeah. Yeah. So I recently kind of,
1: started using it.
0: Oh, you did. Okay. Oh yeah. I've been
1: using it for about two months now. And I, and I say, yeah, I, my, I will not say any dramatic difference in my skin, but I, I definitely, I suffer sometimes from a little bit of hyperpigmentation. I've seen some improvement in that.
0: Oh, nice. Nice. Now, paralleling this a little bit, chemical peels, they're also pretty, they're pretty popular when, you know, especially with women and men that don't necessarily want to go, you know, full throttle in terms of like other advanced treatments and, or they're trying to correct something right on the face, or maybe they've got a condition or a problem. So what are your thoughts and feelings with chemical peels?
1: So with all these things, I just like to say that I never judge women. And I think that women should do what makes them feel good. It's very different for each person. I like to take the approach when I teach my clients that it's better to practice preventative treatments than it is to try and quote-unquote fix perceived damage. So I like to err on the side of caution when it comes to more aggressive treatments because, you know, you are removing layers of your skin, but what does that do to your skin long-term? What is your skin going to look like in five to 10 years? Is that going to weaken your skin elasticity or maybe it could help it? You know, are you going to need to continuously get them? Sometimes people's skin becomes more sensitive. It looks more shiny. It looks thinner. It looks wax-like. So, I think it's better to just practice more preventative treatments. They may take longer and you're not going to see as, you know, great results. But if you're someone who wants that really quick fix, sure. Like go get a chemical peel. It's not something I would do, but you know, each woman should do what makes her feel good. I think, like you said earlier, just conform informed consent. So do your deep research and and talk to women who have got it and see if that's something that you want to do for yourself. Long-term, is that going to support your beauty long-term? quick fix, maybe long term, I'm not sure.
0: Yeah, I think uh, the bottom line with these things is individual situations are important. Things are very situational. You know, obviously, if you've got something going on, and you're working with somebody who's very knowledgeable, and this is a direction you want to go down, then okay. But you know, know all sides, like we've been talking about know all sides, do your research, don't just take a practitioner's word for it. Right? Do your research. I don't care if they're wearing a white coat. I don't care if they're wearing a bikini. Do their <laughs> do your research. You know what I mean? It's really important. I agree. Yeah. Speaking of preventative, sunscreen. Yeah. Now, this is a very controversial thing right now, right? Because people are, you know, for years and years and decades and decades, I should say, people were like like just sunscreen addicts, like, you know, don't go outside without it. Don't go outside. And now there's we're turning a corner, we've turned a corner a little bit where people are pumping the brakes a bit on sunscreen. This is a really interesting conversation. But what are your thoughts on protection? And if so, and if you do like sun protection, what kind? And is it something we should be wearing daily? Is it something we should be wearing occasionally? What are your thoughts?
1: perfect way to say it. My thoughts, not what I'm recommending for others. Exactly. Your thoughts. Because it is such a controversial topic and people should, you know, do what is best for them and do their research. And so for me, I personally don't wear sunscreen on a daily basis. I believe in getting sun exposure. It's good for your health. I'm not abusing the sun, but every single morning rain or shine, it's raining right now. I will go outside and get unfiltered sun on my skin and in my eyes. And that really helps to support my health as far as supporting my hormonal system, but also getting, uh, helping my body to synthesize vitamin D. And if I'm going on vacation, I love to travel and you know, the sun can be really harsh in certain areas and I'm going to be spending five hours in the sun. I will wear sunscreen on my body and on my face. And that'll be a non-nano zinc sunscreen and made with just simple ingredients that are not bad for your health. But I truly believe that we, the sun is good for us and that we shouldn't be afraid of it. And I would say we're just, it's pushed down our throats that wear sunscreen 24 seven, head to toe, even when you're indoors, it, You know the sun's rays could penetrate through the window and kill you. And it's a little bit extreme, but there are a lot of people who've had family members die from skin cancer. So I understand where they're coming from and everyone should do what's best for them and what they believe is best for them. If you're going to use sunscreen, make sure it is, you know, a non-toxic version. There's so many of them out there and find one that works for you. That's not greasy or one that you can wear under your makeup and that makes you feel good. But if you want to look into getting sun exposure without sunscreen, that's also something I think is important to look into.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, I feel like there's a lot of layers to this conversation and I come from some, I I come from two parents who have both had melanoma, which has been really interesting. And so, you know, for many years, I feel like I was scared into protecting my skin. But the more I looked into things, the more I realized that there's a lot more to this conversation that meets the eye. And a lot of times people aren't even getting melanoma where there's their sun is hitting the skin i mean melanoma is also found in areas that never see skin and i feel like it also has a lot to do with other environmental factors the way that our lifestyles are there's just a lot it's a big conversation so again i think that there's a, this is very situational and i do think there's something to be said about getting like you said sun every day if you can if you can. And if you're somewhere where sun's available, especially in that morning, or, you know, even in the sunset, there's something to be said about how that affects your circadian rhythm. But I also do not just to sort of parallel your answer. I do not wear it every day anymore as well. And if I go outside for a few minutes, you know, to take the dogs outside or whatnot, I I let the sun touch my skin, even my face.
1: Yes. Same. I'm in the same boat as you. I think it's really healthy for us. And backtracking a bit, I would love to see a published study or some type of study about the people who had these certain cancers. You said with the melanoma, what were their vitamin D levels like? Because avoiding the sun all the time, I mean, think about it. You're deficient in an essential vitamin, actually technically a hormone. How is that influencing your health? So hiding inside and being afraid of the sun. Well, is that factored into how this person maybe got sick?
0: I think that there's something to be said about that. And let me tell you, when I was in school studying minerals, minerals are also a very important point to this as well. And this is all very interconnected and this is a big conversation. And, uh, you know, it obviously it's topics for, for other times, but um, yeah, there's just so many factors that to be a, to be a, a blanket statement voice and say, sun causes this. I just think that it's, there's just more to the story, bottom line. I just, I just, I can't get behind that, that message.
1: I, I remember I posted something about the sun being good for you. And I love being in the sun on social media. And then I got a comment from someone saying the sun in capital letters is a deadly laser. So I just oh replied, that they want us to believe, you know, <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, exactly. Well, yeah. And I, again, I think there's a, unfortunate agenda behind some of this you know it's it's just it's just a layered conversation and there's a lot of nuance and people are different and people have different responses and different environments and different genetics and there's just there's a lot there but I do like your comment as well though on sunscreen and how it's really important to choose a sunscreen that's a little less toxic
1: oh yeah definitely because there's a lot of harmful ingredients in there that could be said that could cause cancer or exactly lead to, you know or endocrine disrupting wasn't there just a huge re- recall on a lot of the different sunscreens because they were shown to have be carcinogenic and there's also endocrine disrupting ingredients so you're messing with your hormones which essentially messes with your skin your exactly. hair everything
0: yeah yep 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 i believe that was neutrogena if i yeah. yep if i remember correctly don't quote me but yeah, it's crazy, right? It's like you're doing something to try to avoid cancer, but then you're putting on stuff that's super toxic and that's also feeding whatever you're trying to avoid. I mean, it's just a lot of it is backwards, you know. It's it's kind of it's kind of crazy. Also, this is something that I'm interested in. A lot of people love lash extensions also a lot of people do uh, eyebrow treatments and things like that I also I was somebody who got extensions on my lashes for a while I'm, I'm gonna raise my hand and admit that there uh, I don't anymore I haven't had them for for years now but what are your thoughts on eyebrow and eyelash serums I know that sometimes they could be really abrasive and harsh and then there might be some options that are a little less harsh so do you do you have any thoughts about this
1: yes there's some popular ones in the past years that have been shown to change, even change your eye color which is a negative thing you know they can be pretty toxic they can work but i mean messing with your eyes is bad there are natural brands out there or even you can just use natural ingredients castor oil is known to promote hair health so is rosemary oil so there's a lot of people in the natural beauty world who literally just take a spoolie a little they're Buy them off Amazon or whatever, and then you just mix castor oil, rosemary, and you apply it to your lash line every single night, and in your eyebrows, and it really helps them to grow.
0: I would be nervous about the lash line, the eyebrows, I wouldn't, but I feel like I would be so nervous that I would get some of that in my eye if I'm totally honest with you, because I feel like rosemary would sting.
1: I'm the same way. You know, I know people, and it's work for them. I can't stand the feeling of oils anywhere near my eye, like underneath. Sure. But on my eyes, I can't, yeah, but yeah, yeah, but I know people that it works really well for there's different brands out there. Like I like the brand plume science or oh, I
0: know plume. Yeah.
1: And so I use their eyebrow pencil and they also have an eyelash and eyebrow serum. That's supposed to be pretty good.
0: Oh, cool. You know what? It's so funny. I just recently discovered that company and I was looking at those exact things. I truly I didn't buy it but I but I I probably discovered them yeah just a month ago even and I was looking at all of their eyelash and eyebrow products and stuff like that we're plugging them and they don't even know it
1: <laughs> hey, hey bloom science then. right
0: and I was going to say hook us up no <laughs> yeah but it's a big that's a big industry in terms of eyelashes and eyebrows and what can be done there again. And I, and I know the company you're talking about in terms of the the eye color change. And that was a big, a big deal. A lot of people were seeing that, uh, their eye color changing. And I was like, no, thank you. So I was, cause I think I had a, I can't remember what, who made it, but I did use a serum at one point, I think after I removed my lash extensions, but I did a lot of research on it. Couldn't tell you what it was for the life right now, because it's been a long time, but I guess the overarching message here is look at the ingredients, look at things up, look at reviews, read reviews, this company we're just talking about, maybe look at them, but yeah, wouldn't you agree?
1: Yes. The ingredients you use in your beauty products is so important and it influences your health. So learning how to read ingredient labels, knowing what you're putting on your body is just so important for your overall wellness, but also for your beauty. Cause I'll say it a thousand times. The foundation of beauty is health. So if you want to look good throughout the years, tune out the noise of the magazines, the social media ads and all that telling you, you need this skincare product, the skincare and the hair care can only work on a superficial layer. You want to, you create beauty from within your skin is a reflection of your health. So, and it's just so hard. I've never met a, a client that I've worked with that didn't have a hard time grasping it what you eat and the toxins you use influence how you look because we are sold so much in the media that you need a skincare product. You need a hair care product. That is a secret fountain to beauty and youth, but it really, I promise you comes from within. I'm 39 years old. I'll be 40 next year. People often think I'm younger and it's not because I'm attached to any skincare product. I am very simple in my routine. If anyone ever saw it, they'd say, (laughs) Wow. You know, I grew up as a tomboy, so I am very simple in my routine. It is about what I eat and it's about learning how to like healthy food. It's not about forcing yourself to eat foods you don't like or doing things, practices you don't enjoy. It's about learning to find foods that are good for you, understanding how they support your beauty from within, because I tell you, you will look so much better over the years if you focus on beauty from within. If I could choose one or the other, I would all day eat healthy food and toss out my skincare and never use it again. If that was like something I had to do, because I know that I will look better over the years by focusing on nutrition than on skincare.
0: It's so true. It's so true. And it's not to say that these things that we've been talking about today, you guys can't be helpful. I mean, they could move the needle. They definitely can. And not the Botox needle. Okay. We're talking about the life needle here, the beauty needle, the age needle, the age gracefully, gracefully needle. These things are extras, but we have to remember that the extras are not going to make a big difference if we're not addressing the foundations. And that's with everything in life. We go and we jump to, to G or H or you know what i mean we we jump to these when we're not addressing a and b you know and that's again it's with most things it's with most um, aspects of our life you know if these foundations are not addressed then we're missing the boat we're missing the boat
1: Yeah. The foundation is key. It it creates the basis for just how we look and feel throughout our lives. And one other thing i like to point out is I don't think gets enough exposure is it's not just about the quality. It's the quantity of the ingredients that you use. So I always teach my clients that using less ingredients is better for your health, but also your beauty long-term because your skin does have a filtration system. And if you're applying a skincare, a serum, a moisturizer, an eye cream, and you're already at 500 ingredients, that is taxing your immune system. And that is going to influence how you look. So it's about finding a a good product. A really good skincare formulator, to be honest, knows how to formulate products with minimal, potent, effective ingredients. I feel like a lot of times uh, skincare brands will put in, you know, a hundred ingredients because they know that consumers are looking for certain things like hyaluronic acid, vitamin C. And so if you see it on you, you're automatically going to say, oh, this is a good product. But what happens is a lot of times those ingredients are in minimal amounts. And so you're not really getting that great of an ingredient, opposed to something that had 20 ingredients that was you know, more effective because it had uh, more potency to it. And then your skin isn't getting all confused with a hundred ingredients. So therefore, you know, you're supporting your health, but you're also going to look better with just using less ingredients in your food and your beauty products.
0: Isn't that the truth? Well said less really is more. It really is. We don't want to accept that <laughs> a lot of times. I feel like we just don't, we don't want to accept it, but it's easier too in 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 so many ways it's easier you know it's like almost a breath you can take a breath when you realize that you don't need a million things you know for for overall health or for the details of health you know like like um this your skin or your body or your you know whatever it is right it's just less really is more at the end of the day it really is as we tie up this show speaking of foundations there is one there is one I should say mini subject that you want to touch on that I don't necessarily think is mini, but it really does play into the health of our skin. It really does play into graceful aging and that is mental and emotional health and how we handle experiences in our lives. Talk to us a little bit about this as we taper down, because I feel like this is such an important part.
1: Yes. So I truly believe that the foundation of health and beauty is mental health, which supports your overall health and focusing on it, really taking care of yourself and really just doing what it is that you need to do, whether that's learning how to create boundaries with people and situations, which was huge, life-changing for me and something I still work on every single day. But creating boundaries is essential. Just practicing self-care, being easy on yourself, really learning how to tap into your intuition, but also to, I would say, listen to your inner voice, your intuition, of course. But how do you feel around certain situations and certain people and learning how to process your emotions and I feel like so many times today especially on social media it's easy to say that was triggering that upset me so I'm going to go and mute that person I'm going to block that person I'm going to unfollow that person instead of saying why am I triggered why am I upset right now and then looking at it as a learning tool instead of getting upset with that person for being who they are say why is that even affecting me Wow. Why do yep. you have to unfollow them just yeah. because they're shining over there and that makes you upset? It's time to do some you know, deep work on yourself and see why are you so upset and really work on yourself. I just think that everyone is so reactive these days and blame others for their unhappiness. It's really time to do the deep work, go inside, and work on yourself, and that'll support your health and beauty so much.
0: Oh, my gosh. I could talk about this subject forever, and I love that we're ending here because I feel like the more self-reflection you do, the more your outer appearance and that reflect, you know, like what you were, what you, what you're doing on the inside and how you're handling things on the inside will definitely reflect on the outside. And it boils down to stress, you know, and stress doesn't necessarily, it's unavoidable. We, we are living in very stressful times. A lot of us have stressors that we, that are beyond our control, but it's how we respond to these circumstances that matters. And the the largest organ on our body, our skin gets affected by stress and often shows, you know, it's often a mirror to what's going on on the inside. So I feel like this part of it is neglected because we don't often connect the two until we see potentially something very drastic, like someone is suffering from severe cystic acne. And then it's like, okay, let's look at this. Are you stressed out? What's going on in your life? Blah, 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 blah. But that's not, it could be a much more minor circumstance, you know, than that. I mean, this stuff is all so connected.
1: I agree. And, and it's something as simple that you could start right now, which is just learning how to breathe properly, taking in deep breath, Breaths deep from your belly. That's something that I had to learn, and it was life changing for me. I'm someone who meditates every single morning, but that doesn't work for everybody. So it's just, you know, harnessing, focusing on the power of the breath. It can 100% reduce your stress level, support your hormonal health, increase your mood, your energy, but also makes your skin glow. You need that it circulation. Does.
0: It does. It does. It's something that I've been a lot more cognizant of in recent time because controlling my breath actually is a part of my healing right now in terms of mobility and diaphragm work and the diaphragm and how it sits up on the pelvic core and all of that stuff. And so, you know, I've been this shallow breather for so long, partially because of pain, but also shallow breathing equals stress as well. And so, Just being able to harness and notice and have awareness about your breath, I think can make such a difference. And it really does translate. It sounds crazy, but it does translate to how we look, especially long-term.
1: I know the power of the breath is life-changing.
0: Oh, it's life-changing. It is absolutely life-changing. So yeah, this is a, this is a great place to stop, but I think it's a very important Part and piece of the overall puzzle when we're talking about graceful aging, beauty, and just knowing how to take care of ourselves in this way, but also just remembering that the fact that this is not a separate system. You know, every, there's no system that goes down or I, I don't, I hate to use the word go down, but you see things happen to it. It's not isolated. Everything is working together. It's this beautiful, intricate body and we have to treat it as so.
1: I agree
0: 100%. Yeah. Yeah. Well, my friend where can people find you? If they wanna work with you, how can they find you? If they want to support your work, how can they they reach you or how can they follow you? And then this will also all be in the show notes as well, along with a lot of the resources that you will be giving me. So uh, how can people find you?
1: You can find me on my website, jessicarosewellness.com and you'll find all my social platforms there. Find me on Instagram at jessicarosewellness underscore. Awesome. You have a newsletter as well. And I, I do yeah. sign up for my newsletter. I, yeah. I I put monthly wellness and beauty tips, lots of natural beauty tips mixed in. I also put a lot of my clean beauty favorites that are on there and just little tips based on like nutri- beauty nutrition, but also non-toxic products and supporting your mental health is also in there too.
0: Oh, cool. Yeah, no, I am a part of your newsletter. So I, I highly suggest you guys sign up for her newsletter because she really does have a lot of really tangible tips too. You know, they're not, they're not things that are like so far, far to reach. You know what I'm saying? They're, they're actually real tangible things that you could implement or think about at least. So also if people just have random questions, is that something that you, like if someone DMs you on Instagram, is that somewhere that someone could touch base with you? Would that be the best way? Do you have your email
1: Definitely. You can find my email on my website or you can reach out to me on to Instagram. My DMs are always open to people. I love helping. So definitely reach out.
0: Great. Great. Well, this has been fun. I've really enjoyed. I, I, you know, I think that you you brought a lot to the table and there were so many things that I didn't know too and that I will be looking into. So I I have so much gratitude to you and just, yeah, you, there's so many things to learn and I really appreciate you taking the time to to talk about it all. I mean, it seems like we can go on and on and on, but you definitely gave us a lot of options and a lot of things to think about. So thank thank you. you. Yeah. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. All right, my friend, have a wonderful day and we'll talk to you soon.
1: You too. Thanks.
0: Bye-bye. Thank you so much for tuning into today's show. I hope you not only enjoyed listening, but you were able to grab a few takeaways from the episode that you could either implement, experiment with, or just simply get curious about. Remember that you can find all the latest regarding this show on Instagram at well.with.Vanessa, and you could also follow my personal wellness account at the gift of goods. If you feel inclined, I would love it if you could subscribe to this podcast from whatever platform you're listening, as that helps me reach more ears and touch more hearts. I would also be so grateful if you could leave me a review or a rating as well. So thank you so much for listening. That's all for now. And remember, we are beautifully designed to live not by chance and coincidence, but with purpose and intention. See you all next time.